Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, and Richards, thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast Show. Uh, I am your co-host, Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and founder of CSI Financial Group and co-founder of Epic Services Company, which we are going to be talking about today. I am joined here by my fantastic co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. Tim James, how are you, bud? Hey, man, I'm doing really good. Doing really good. How are you? I'm doing spectacular. It's uh, it's Monday. I got a little, for those of you who aren't uh, watching and you're just listening, uh, I got a little sun this weekend, took the family for a little vacation in Newport Beach. So that was nice. Got uh, a little bit of sun, but it was overcast like two or three of the days while we were there. And it was absolutely perfect. Obviously, here in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, a hundred, you know, triple digits. We've had a bit of humidity this year because we've been getting a lot of rain. The monsoons have been very active this year. So, uh, but yeah, just got back from a little family vacation in Newport Beach. Yeah, man. I'm really excited about our guest today because um, you wouldn't really tell me what's going on today. So it's kind of exciting that I get to, I'm like a listener um, being a co-host today. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in uh, Richards, listen up and, uh, and, I, I am I'm stoked. I'm going to use that because I was just in California. I am stoked uh, to have our our guest today, um, a couple that I have uh, become very very close with over the last almost 18 months now, I believe. Um, Joanne and Matt Eby of Nth Degree Consulting. Matt and Joanne, can you guys hear us all right today? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. All right. And, you know, I can tell you, uh, you're either really, really mad or you got a lot of sun. <laughs> I did. I guess that's what I'm saying. I got, I got, and it's funny. I couldn't tell how red I was until I was on camera. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. it, it's funny. It's hey, um, and Richards, you're in for a treat today because you are getting ready to hear information um, because of the, the specialists that are with us today in an area and topics that are not only typically um, you know, mysterious, but it's also the amount of knowledge that the two of these, uh, the, what we call, I call them the dynamic duo, Matt and Joanne are the dynamic duo, their amount of understanding in, in, in an area that they have come in through in the financial services, legal trust world. I'm not even sure exactly what I'm supposed to say, seeing as uh, we do have compliance that is part of this team, um, but I'm really excited for them to be able to share not only their backstory with us, but also where we are going towards the future with Epic Services Company. So, um, Matt and Joanne, if uh, do you guys have any you know questions before we get started, and I'm just going to basically interview you, and you're going to tell everybody you know how you guys met, which I think is an awesome story, by the way. And then, uh, you know, your, your background and everything, and maybe individually, I'll ask each one of you. No, I, uh, we've been looking forward to being on the podcast for a while. Uh, we've heard 
um, other you know segments of the show, and uh, they all they've all been really good from what we've heard so far. So uh, you know, Carter, you've mentioned this to us uh, from for a while, and so yeah, we're just excited to be here, and hopefully we can uh, provide some value to your listeners, and um, you know, go from there. Yeah. So well, why don't we start with the the story? And Joanne, I'm going to bring you in here first. Um, you know, take us back in time a little bit, even before you know, uh, Matt and, and, and it talk a little bit about where you come from, right. Where you were, where you were born and raised and then what ultimately got you into the arena that you're in today. All right, Carter, I, uh, I'll go ahead then. I'm originally from Canada and some people do hear a Canadian accent in certain words that I say. So I uh, born and raised in Canada. My parents were immigrants from Holland. They immigrated after the Second World War. And so born and raised in Canada, went to university in Canada and got a job. I was in a financial services, financial systems company for about 13 years. And we provided software for what is called the front, middle and back office for financial institutions, whether it be a broker dealer, a registered investment advisor, a custodian, whether you were like on the front end doing brokerage or on the back end custody. And our company handled the software solutions for uh, a lot of the major players in Canada. Through that company, I also got introduced to working in the United States because they had some major clients in the United States. And I was able to actually uh, do a, you know, sort of a year work, living and working in Manhattan for a large company that's actually not, not in existence any longer. But I really enjoyed my time in the U.S. And I met Matt after I left that company. I started working for a bank in Canada that owned a bank located in Chicago. Matt happened to work for that bank in Chicago. And his audit team had come up to audit the global custody division that I worked for. And that was the first time I met Matt. It was, it was in a work environment. But I, they sold our global custody division. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know, what am I going to do? Matt contacted his boss and said, you got to call this person, Joanne. She's great. You got to hire her. And so I was actually hired by the Chicago division of the bank to work on the audit team and even though i was still located in canada and so that was my sort of i had a foot in each country but that was that was the thing that enabled me to finally realize you know kind of a, i guess it's a dream and certainly i'm i'm very happy i'm here but just being able to live and work in the united states um i am a citizen now um, so you know obviously continuing to live here but that was sort of my introduction to this country. I was able to get into the United States because of my experience with financial institutions, cross-border, because I had done work in the US, as well as my knowledge of the financial services software systems that were used. My background is not what is called retail banking, so it's not deposits and lending. It's what is called asset management. So that's where you get into the custody, the trust, the estates, broker deal, or registered investment advisory work. Um, so that's essentially how I became introduced to Matt. And I, I 
when once I started working on that audit team, that's when I really spent a lot more time with Matt and and got to know him first as a as a as a work partner. Yeah, well, and so you are a JD now. Um, talk, I am. talk a little bit about why, and the enrichers always love to know, like, ooh, you're an attorney. Like, I, what what got you interested in and even going that route in the first place? And then, you know, where did you you know, get get all of your schooling. Was that in Canada? Was it in the use in the states? Uh, give a little bit of a, a background there. Well, it's uh, a great question because I had done my education probably fairly typical. I got my undergraduate degree at a university in Canada, uh, in London, Ontario, and then um, four years after that, because my degree was in English language and literature, and my like my mother always said, "What are you going to do with that?" And so, unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't able to write the, the great Canadian novel. And I realized that I, I might need um, more of a business academic background because I was really drawn to corporations and businesses. And so I did go back for my master's uh, MBA. And so as far as I was concerned, my education was pretty much complete. And in the financial services industry, especially in the United States, there are a lot of certification programs, but you know, from a pure academic schooling, I really thought I was done. And years pass and I'd already immigrated to the US, Matt and I were already married. And our son was in, heading into his, um, I think he was finishing up his junior year in high school. And Matt said to me, well, when Ben, goes off to college, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't know. I said, and he said, well, what about going to law school? You always talked about you wished you'd become an attorney. And I said, I can't do that. Like it's expensive. And I, and he said, why can't you? And I looked at, I remember looking at him and saying, well, I mean, like it's a big deal. It's a lot of money and a lot of time. And, and Matt just said, if not now, when? But you know what? And that's the thing with Matt. I mean, just always, I always felt like he had my back and encouraged me. So long story short, when our son went off to college and he, he left and went off to college in, in Canada, that was the same year I started law school. And I was, I, I was still, you know, I, I wasn't full-time law school, but part-time law school, they, they require you do it in four years. Full-time is three years. So it was still a push. And, um, we had some, you know, some semesters where Matt virtually, I mean, I don't know how I would have gotten through it without him. I mean, he dropped me off, he picked me up, do like all the background stuff so that I could focus on law school. And we kept our business going as well during that time. And I think Matt was the proudest of all when he took Ben and I, when we both graduated the same month, four years later, and Matt took Ben and I out for a celebratory dinner and he was looking at us and Matt was so proud of each of us. So that was kind of my story of law school and getting my JD. I'm also a barred attorney. I did sit for the bar and that was interesting as well because once I got my JD, I thought that's fine. I don't need to actually be an attorney because in my field compliance, you don't need to, you know, be barred. And it was our son who looked at me and said, mom, you've gone this far, just sit for the bar. 
So it was another three months of like, oh my gosh, studying for the bar. But uh, yeah, I did. I did do that, and I am a bar attorney. So, um, so do you want to give any type of uh, indication on where you ended up going to law school and where you're barred, or do you want to keep that down low? <laughs> no, the, there's no secret there. Interesting story with the law school because I was uh, living. We were living in the Chicago land area. And I thought when I was first dipping my toe in, I'm like, what do you have to do to go to law school? Oh, you have to write an LSAT. Okay, then what? How many law schools are like, once I got my LSAT score, I'm like, okay, it's not bad. And where would I go? And so there are seven law schools in Chicago and four of them offer part-time programs. And so I applied to two of them, got accepted to both. I went to, um, it, at the time, it was called the John Marshall Law School in Chicago, but since then it has merged with um, UIC. University of Illinois Central. University Chicago, of, University of Illinois. Illinois in Chicago. So they, but at the time I was there, it was a John Marshall Law School and they had a great part-time program. And some of my most interesting classes were the night classes where you, the, the diversity of ages and career backgrounds. I can't not tell you how many police officers, you know, who were reaching the end of their police career would sit in those night classes. And it was just like interesting and medical doctors and retired pilots. It was, it was really, really interesting um, to get those different deep levels of experience and background. So those were some of my most interesting classes. I am barred in Illinois. I have not had a need to be barred anywhere else. Although, I mean, if it was necessary, I would, I guess, <laughs> sit for the bar somewhere else. But um, when you do work as a compliance officer, it's, you're not practicing law, not in a courtroom. And so I don't, I don't need to actually, you know, you know, be barred anywhere else. But I am required, as you heard me say, Carter, if I'm giving you advice that seems legal, this is not legal advice. I'm not charging you because I'm not practicing law in a state that I'm not barred. So, um, so that's where I went to school and where I'm I'm barred. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. So, so the it really it wasn't like you were attracted to being an attorney. It was because of the financial services that just led you eventually to getting that. And then um, I think you said it was Ben that said, mom, you got to go ahead and sit for the bar too. You got to sit for the bar. He, he, he knew. And I think he was the night before he left for college and we were taking him to the airport the next day, the night before he and I were out walking our dog. And he said to me, why are you going back to school? He said, I'm, he said, I'm leaving. You can enjoy life. And I said, well, what am I going to do? Garden? Go shopping? Cook? That's not what I do. I said, I just, I think I'm really excited about law school. And he just said, well, I think it's crazy. He said, because you're, you're going to fail. I said, what do you mean I'm going to fail? He goes, well, he said, I've been a student all my life and I know how to be a student. You haven't been a student for decades. And he said, you don't know how to be a student. And I thought that was very wise advice. And when I did start law school, and it is a shock, and it's certainly a shock coming to it at a later age, I had to remember that. And I did, um, you know, during orientation, they had some advice that was literally like, 
you could take extra classes for free on how to study and you know different medium is available now and so the amount of audio listening i was able to do commuting to the school and watching videos things that i never experienced when i was a student and so the way people learn has been expanded i think by the different mediums so it was it was interesting awesome awesome well um as as i said uh before the show got started, this may end up being one of our longer ones because we have two guests today, right? We are joined today by Matt and Joanna Eby. I, I call them the dynamic duo enrichers, and you're going to get to learn more about that in our in our second segment. But um, let's go ahead and transition over to you, Matt. Um, you, your background and experience and, and the amount of time I've gotten to spend with you has really, as far as I'm concerned, highlighted and... Um, in, empowered me uh, because of your incredible background and, and your story. And why don't you share with the enrichers kind of what got you into, you know, the, the financial services or the trust world or whatever it is that you want to, you know, deem it that the consulting firm was, you know, born from. Well, as you know, Carter, I, um, I've been a, uh, a teacher and a, you know, professor, a lecturer, for more than 20 years in the financial services area, um, you know, in doing different programs for different organizations around the around the world, I've, I've, I've done things internationally and domestically, etc. So anyway, <clears throat> but what I share with my students in telling the backstory is that in being from, I called from the trust industry. A lot of people not, don't even know what that means, but I'll say that like a lot of people that are in the trust industry, they just simply were walking down the street one day and fell through the manhole cover and wound up landing inside the trust department of a bank. <laughs> it wasn't one of those things that you went at uh, show and tell in second grade and you know went into the in front of your classmates and said, when I grow up, I wanna be a trust officer in a bank, right? As opposed to being, you know, a policeman or a, or a, you know, a pilot or whatever you would say as a show and tell. So that's exactly how I wound up in there. I had a friend of a friend of a friend who was a manager of a in a in, in a trust department in Chicago, and I graduated school uh, uh, and, and as with my undergrad, and I didn't have a job. And you know, from a friend of a friend of a friend, they took my resume. And they hired me, and that's basically how I got into uh, the trust companies at at the at, 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 in Chicago at the time. And I was just talking to our son yesterday. Uh, actually, it was, it was on Saturday, so two days ago. And he's you know he's in the industry as well. He, he he's a, um, a consultant in the industry as well. And I said to him when I first started, um, it used to be at that time where security deliveries in the street in the streets of chicago you know these were um over the counter trades and settlement that there used to be runners that would go down the streets with briefcases of securities handcuffed to their wrists with armed guards literally armed guards going with them walking up and down the streets now this happened in new york and it happened in la and at any place where there were over-the-counter trades. So this was physical trading environment 
and it's within my lifetime. So this is only 30 years. Now there's none of this. All this stuff is electronic. You don't see any of these kind of things happening any longer. But it's been in that short of a period of time that all this technology has really kind of taken over and really now it's a much safer, faster, more uh, financially driven um, environment, uh, you know, as far as that concerned. But from there, from that, you know, uh, you know, kind of innocent beginning, I wound up uh, in Chicago working for probably the arguably the premier trust company in the world, the Northern Trust. And, you know, actually their golf tournament is going on today. Uh, you probably, you know, you're, you're a golfer and you know, it. so they, they, they had, they had that event uh, carried over from the weekend. But anyway, uh, Northern Trust at the time, they were preeminent, still have been able to maintain that even with all of these uh, technological changes. So it's actually been pretty remarkable to, for me to watch them grow and watch them to be as good as they are, arguably the best in the industry at what they did. So I started my career there and I was with the best people at that time learning how to uh, um, under, you know, understand the trust industry from all facets because they were in all aspects of the trust industry. Then from there, as I've told you before, I was another organization that was in Chicago where I went from the trust, the, the, the trust business at the Northern to then arguably the premier consulting firm in the world, Arthur Anderson, Anderson Consulting. Now the folks at McKinsey would probably raise a fuss when they, you know, heard that thing, you know, et cetera. But uh, I worked at Arthur at Anderson Consulting, and the the problem, of course, is not a secret. Enron uh, created a problem on the on the on the audit side at uh, Anderson Consulting, and now the uh, they divided up into Fertivity and Accenture, so that was divided off because of that problem with Enron at that time. But those were the two organizations that I started my career off with. I love the aspect of being in the trust industry and um, you know branching out from there to all aspects of what trust industry meant. And then really enjoyed my time at Anderson Consulting. And that's why I created Nth Degree to be a consulting firm in the financial services industry, but really, really focusing on those areas in the trust side of the business. And then as Joanne had mentioned, that has spread out into including all fiduciary business, which will include RIAs and broker dealers and other aspects of the industry that weren't, it wasn't that case at the time I first started. So anyway, that's kind of how we got to nth degree and how we have uh, grown. And really it's been the combination of those two things, my interest of helping others understand the industry and consulting with you know organizations like you, you with you know um, executives like you, um, as well as um, industry practitioners, and whether or not that they're you know one time I was in a in a, uh, a school that I was training and I was asking people for their years of experience, and one person had 29 years of experience, and another person had minus seven days. 
<laughs> so that meant that they were actually starting in their job the next Monday and they were just coming through the door to learn. So we had that gap and trying to make the program relevant with that degree of experience in there was sometimes very challenging, of course. But it wound up where I see many of those people still in the industry and many times we're actually teaching or working with the sons or daughters of the people that were in our programs 20 or 30 years ago. And it's very, very rewarding from that perspective. But that has also led us to be able to have a market for delivering services as these people have become, you know, professionals or executives in their uh, particular uh, professions, or they've opened their own firms, or they've gone to other firms to, you know, give us word of mouth recommendations. So that's how the magic has all come together. And we've built our proficiency and our expertise, either through, as Joanne said, formal education, like getting a law degree, or through informal education by teaching, and then getting certifications in the industry. So both of us have numerous certifications. Um, and in fact, we've developed certifications and you know trained people to get those certifications over the years. So that's kind of the backstory for how we got to where we are. Yeah. So so let me let me go ahead and, and ask this question. And yep. you know, and, and thank you for for that background. Uh and, and I know maybe we'll get into it a little bit more, but because this is a very fun show, we like to be fun and everything. Um, I want to hear from your perspective, Matt, on what was it about Joanne that you're like, I think I'm going to ask her out. Now, I'm making an assumption that you asked her out. Maybe it was the other way around. But how did that connection really happen? She could drink a lot of martinis. <laughs> Not as many as he could, but... So, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, Joanne, as you know, her Joanne is very, very, very smart person. I mean, she has not only is she quick uh, witted and understanding, you know, humor, et cetera, which is always endearing uh, when you're dealing with somebody from a work perspective. But it's also she was, you know, she took the job seriously. She also had people around her. Her team really respected her. But not only her subordinates, her superiors respected her. And they wanted her as part of her team, a part of their team from the top to the bottom. And I know that when they sold the um, um, global custody division, as she mentioned before, the senior people were trying to find a place for Joanne to be placed inside of the organization. And they were struggling because they didn't have something else that matched very well. That's why the other members of my audit team, so it wasn't just me, but it was the other members of the audit team, we went back to the senior people in Chicago and said, we know somebody north of the border who you probably should talk to. And then after Joanne came into audit, after, after I left, uh, when I left the bank and, and started in degree, Joanne was actually hired as chief compliance officer for the asset management wealth, wealth division for the bank uh, in, in Chicago, in the, the US-based bank. So, um, you know, it was those, it was, you know, the, the personality, the, the, the drive, the, the, uh, the taking things seriously, and, um, you know, the value that she was gonna 
add to the organization. Um, that was, you know, really kind of the, the, the connectors for the original connection. And then, you know, it was, uh, I knew she was a single mom. I met Ben. He's just the greatest kid ever. You know, so there's all this kind of, you know, things that became connected for me. And, uh, you know, I was kind of out there on my own in Chicago and it just started, we just kind of started hanging out more and more together. I'm a hockey player, uh, you know, that, that's how I got scars in my face and teeth missing and whatever. So, and Ben was a hockey player uh, as a kid. And so we, we skated together and all, you know, so it was, there was a lot of a mesh uh, uh, with, with, with that. And also uh, both Joanne and Ben play, play hockey or played golf. And uh, so, you know, there was the sports connection, there was the family connection, there was the work connection. And, you know, when you have all of that stuff, like you and Christina, when you have all of that stuff together, it's not really a lot of work, you know, it's, it, it becomes really, really fun to be together. Mm -hmm. You know, and we still, to this day, all three of us enjoy just kind of hanging out. So, so, well, so let me, let me put you guys on the spot. Yeah. What was your official first date? Where did you go for your official first date? Um, official first date. You mean like where I had asked her out and then we yeah. met? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's, uh, there's a courting, right? It wasn't like you're like, hey, we're you, me, we're, we're, we're in this, right? Let's, let's just do it. Like it wasn't just like there had to be some sort of courting, right? Wasn't there? Well. It's hard to say because yeah, because it because it, it migrated. It migrated. Right? Yeah. So it migrated from you know it migrated from business lunches to then and this was after Joanne came to the U.S. where it became more of a personal connection. You know, it was after uh, you know Ben and Joanne had migrated from Canada and they were in the U.S. that it became more personal than it was in Canada. So, and it was, it's hard to really say this is the first date thing. Gotcha. Um, and it was probably something where we were sitting in the living room in Joanne's house in Evanston where Ben fell asleep and I probably put my arm around her or something like that. You know, it's <laughs> one of those really kind of just, it was so informal. It's hard to really say this is the first kind of date thing. Right. I don't know. Because we would have been working together. Yeah. For so long. I, although I will say that, um, you know, when I first met Matt, even though it was a, a work relationship, I, I just really enjoyed working with him. He was somebody because he was so smart and the way he shared his knowledge, because I didn't know the trust industry and they wanted to hire me as an auditor. I'm not an auditor. I'm not an accountant. I don't even know the trust industry. And so when I was hired, and Matt was the one that was tasked with kind of coaching me through what is called the subject matter expertise, because Matt already recognized that I had a lot of the background necessary, like global custody and, and a lot of that front office stuff that I had done with that software firm. And I really admired the way he was able to sort of, and, and I, I'm not even going to say teach me, but coach me. And that's a skill. And then you know, seeing the way and, and just how he brings humor into play, he would crack me up a lot. 
but not because he's making silly jokes, but it's just like that dry wit really kind of I found interesting. But also just knowing him as a person and the way he was like, you know, sometimes you meet somebody and the way they are with dogs and children says a lot. And just, you know, and this is even before we had a dog, but just any dog along would just be like, they'd see Matt and they would thinking, wow, you know, so there's a side to Matt that was always just very interesting. And it was always comfortable being with him. And so it just, as Matt said, it just migrated. And we are together 24 seven. And, and to, you know, to kind of, you know, to share with you, you know, Carter, as long as you're asking, there was three of us. So we had a third partner in here involved with us who was really my manager in audit. And her name was Stacy Gold. And Stacy was with us. So we were kind of the, the three musketeers, if you wanted to call it that. And when we were working in Canada together, it was the three of us that were together. And then Joanne had another uh, kind of partner, whatever you want to call it, a close friend. And her name was Pat Rogers. So between the group that was, you know, uh, the Joanne and Pat on the business side and Stacy and I on the audit side, we were able to do a lot of really good work. You know, it was, it was, it, you know, Pat was more of a business analyst. Joanne was uh, head, head of uh, a, a, a segment in global custody. And Stacy and I, Stacy was actually my manager. Stacy left and she went to work directly for the SEC. And so, but she was part of Nth Degree at one point. She was a, a, a partner in Nth Degree. Um, and, and so, and then Stacy went to work directly for the SEC and kind of left. But we were, you know, there was three of us involved with this at the very, at the very beginning as partners. Um, and so it, yeah, it's so hard to like delineate whenever it became different, you know, yeah. and when it became the family business. And then, you know, it's like I'm saying, Ben interned with us because when he came back from the university when he was a kid, right? So he's, he, he's, he's 17 or 18 years old. Well, we, we can't leave him at home and we got to travel. So Ben's with us in the, you know, in the back of the car and he's with us at the client and he's working and he's doing whatever activities that he needs to do. So he's learning the business. Well, one of my students is a, is, is a, is a, a, a senior person at, a, at the firm that he works for. And when he graduated, she contacted me and said she wanted to hire, he wanted to hire Ben right, you know, right off the bat because she knew that he had interned with us and had all this experience. So he had already had four years of work experience as an intern before he had graduated school. And he's still working for that firm today, 10 years later or eight years later. Talk, talk about coming up to the family business and, um, and having some great opportunities, which I say this on a regular basis, right? We are in the knowledge for profit business, right? Knowing yeah. the, that we know, which we're going to get into in the next, next segment and, and the direction and, and how we all, uh, you know, the, the three of us got joined together and, and what we're doing moving forward. Um, but before we get there, Tim James, is, is there anything that you, um, you know, want to ask about, you know, with, with some of their, their background and their experiences in, in the trust world? Like, you know, Northern Trust is a very, it's a very well-known, arguably the number one most well-known and well-respected trust company in the world. Um, but do you have, do you have any, anything you want to ask about? Sorry, can you guys hear me? 
Okay, like I'm having trouble with my headphones. Yeah, well, I think um, um, I think I'm good there. But I think what we've discovered today is that, uh, and thank you guys for sharing your, uh, you know, your personal side of things. Um, I'm still um, waiting to get Matt to crack a smile over here. <laughs> oh, there, oh, it might have happened. Oh, he's very I, serious. I, I smile more on the inside, Tim. <laughs> That's good. Well, we need more of that. We need more of that. But no, it's just your. Um, like I said, I appreciate you guys sharing, and I, I think that um, we've learned today that attorneys and trust experts are people too, and they have feelings, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I like the story about Matt being good with dogs. That tells me he's a good guy. So, um, and he might be that we might have a, a, a real life Happy Gilmore here with that hockey background going out in the golf course. I don't know. Are you are you the long driver in the family? Uh, not compared to Ben anymore. Ben, yeah, Ben is uh, over the top now. <laughs> it's. Uh... It's it's amazing. Uh, he's 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 basically self-taught, but he joined a a, a club when we were at, uh, doing a lot of work in Wilmington, Delaware, and he became a member there. And even the even the the, the serious players there would want to have a ground with Ben because he became a pretty decent golfer. So yeah, he's uh, he's probably at you know I would guess he's averaging a little over 310, 320 on the drive. So he's really really long. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. All right, well, I think it's time. We're, we're going to take a quick break. When we get right back, um, yeah. we're going to talk about nth degree financial services and how Epic Services Company uh, came to fruition. We'll be right back. Are you concerned about being able to get all of your affairs in order during this trying time? Are you troubled by what would happen if you ever became incapacitated? Maybe you've been procrastinating in the past to address these issues, but now, more than ever before, you know just how important it is to get everything documented. Well, don't worry, because we can get you taken care of right from the comfort of your own home. Welcome to the revolutionary My Life Card Plan Estate Plan Processing Platform, home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. We are very pleased you are here, and rest assured, we can offer you a complete estate planning experience regardless of where in the 50 states you may live. Our unique transformational system combines efficiency, convenience, and professional support at levels you never thought possible for setting up your estate plan. Moreover, we will provide you with powerful, user-friendly dynamics that put you in total control of your plan throughout your lifetime. Call us today at 888-316-6040 or go to www.csifinancialgroup.com and our team of specialists will be there to assist you every step of the way. What's up and Richards? Tim James here with my co-host Carter Wilcoxon. In the house today, we've got Matt and Joanne Eby, the um, the dynamic duo, yes. as Carter calls them. And now we're going to get into, Carter, what is Epic Services and Integree Financial and how do they come together? What's going on over here? Uh, yeah, so uh, so Integree Consulting officially, right? Is that right, guys? Integree Financial Solutions. Okay, fine. Okay, I knew it was Financial Solutions, Consulting, all those all those different things. We just say nth degree, right? Um, well, you know, hey, it, it has been, I, I want to go back, answer the question that, that Tim is talking about, like, what's Epic Services Company? So let's go back 
from the very first time that we met in Las Vegas some 15, 16, 18 months ago, and I was sitting across the table from you, ironically, at the at the um, the Cheesecake Factory that my better half, Christina, mentioned in this podcast earlier, um, actually opened when she used to be a national trainer for Cheesecake Factory, which was very interesting that you guys just happened to live basically right down the street. So um, why don't you, from your perspective, talk a little bit about what I was trying to share my my vision and overall on why we were trying to form some sort of a relationship with Nth Degree uh, because we were introduced to you from Gavin Finley from Trust Management Network, right? Uh, he said, hey, if you're going to, if you're going to even think about starting a trust department or a trust company or, you know, wherever you want to go, you absolutely need to to have a conversation with Matt and Joanne Eby. So why don't you guys share a little bit about what you remember from that day and then how how ultimately Epic Services Company came to be? And maybe that's more for you, Matt, or maybe for more for you, Joanne. I should have specified um yeah it, it was uh interesting because uh, we did get sort of the matt had a conversation with uh you know gavin and gavin said oh we should meet these people but i'll be honest it was not the first time that he had hooked us up with people who kind of had the idea that they wanted to start a trust company and what does it really mean and so i think gavin had learned over the years that they that he can just introduce them to us and we can pretty much talk them out of it. So, <laughs> uh, and that's typically how it went because it's not for the faint of heart and it is a serious business. And so, you know, what, what's, what's your purpose? Why do you want to start a trust company? And so it was intriguing to us that we were going to be able to meet you in person because normally these were either phone calls or just kind of a video meeting. And because you guys just happened to be in Las Vegas, it was yourself and um, our CFO. And, oh, and so we did meet, but for Matt and I driving over there, you know, we we just sort of we didn't know what to expect. And so when we showed up, uh, one of the things I know, and I was talking to you, Carter, and um, and I didn't mention it, but one of the, the things I loved about law school was just really the laws themselves, the rules, the regulations. So I'm really kind of driven by that. And so I did remember talking to you and saying that one of the things that we were interested in as a business was working with a company and being able to work with a company that was building it because we would want to help them build it right because we have done so much work for organizations in trying to fix it after it goes awry. And I remember talking to you about that, Carter, and I didn't know how you would sort of, you know, accept that because it's almost like, you know, do it right the first time or, you know, we're not interested in working with you. And I don't, I was hoping it didn't come across that way, but it's something that became sort of a passionate project for Matt and I, because we had, worked with some companies that were de novo or startup and you know it was sort of more interesting working with them because it's like well here's how you put the right building blocks in place so that you can do it correctly 
as opposed to just seeing the complete disaster and then trying to pick up the pieces and, and fix it as you go. And our company got a bit of a reputation for many years as being the go-to company in, for organizations that ran into trouble with their examiners and word of mouth. And so, you know, we just kind of, if we were hired by a company and we keep it very confidential and we won't say who our clients have been, but there was one client they wanted to kind of put our information on their website. And we're like, you kind of want to do that because, you know, um, other people in this country are going to know and say, oh, that company is everything okay there? Because why else would Matt and Joanne be there? And that's not a reputation. We like to also help companies build it. So we've done wonderful work for organizations helping build compliance programs or build processes to make things work really well. And so as we've been in business over 20 years, we're leaning more toward clients that are interested in this, like, how do we do it right? Can you help us? And so when we met with you, Carter, that was the one thing I know I was stressing and just kind of, and I really didn't know how you would take that, but apparently you, uh, you, you took that. Very He's well. resilient. You are resilient. Cause I'm so, like, as you know, my story is I didn't want to have anything to do with this. Yeah. I, I thought that this was just, I, you know, I thought it was just crazy and really didn't want to have very much to do with it at all. And didn't think that it was a very good match between what nth degree could do and what you guys needed. I thought that there were other solutions for you. And really that's basically, you know, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, the, you know, the rest of the story. I had a lot of conversations with, uh, Earl and you know other other folks and Joanne put a lot of pressure on me to uh, to hear the, the the remainder of the story. But now we're here 18 months later and the uh, it's refined quite a bit now into moving into the Epic Services arena and becoming a lot more of a wholesale distributor of um, you know opportunities. And the thing that really caught us uh, from the beginning, of course, is to bring these um, services that are trust and estate and whatever that seem to be up in the clouds, to bring these services to the masses, to democratize them, to bring them down to out of the clouds and bring them uh, to the everyday people who might need these services and have their families benefit from these services in a very easy and understandable way. And that's basically the reason why that um, we were a lot more interested in that type of an approach over the, you know, as we discussed this more and more and more, and then understanding more about how you were going to do that and your distribution mechanisms and the business model and your target market. And then, of course, the mentor-mentee network with the, uh, as you just mentioned, Scott Garcia and uh, Lisa Camacho and Rick White, they're all fantastic people. Uh, Rebecca Shriver, no more, you know, there's nobody with more energy than she. I don't know, maybe you, Carter, is you, you guys could get into the wrestling ring maybe and go at it. But anyway, it's like, uh, uh, it's those, that, you know, it's that type of dynamism that is really, really, it's different in the marketplace. It is a fantastic business idea for the way that you've come about doing this. And uh, so that's, you know, why that 
Um, we were, we became a lot more quote unquote sold on the concept uh, as, uh, as we moved along here. And um, uh, we still think, I still think that this is a phenomenal uh, uh, design. I think your ideas are really cutting edge. It's just a matter of getting this, uh, getting some traction and getting the, uh, you know, attention of media or whoever this is once that it, once that it comes about. There are some things that we need to work out the, you know, the rough edges on, et cetera, as you know. And, but once that this starts to occur, I still think that this is a, a, a cutting edge solution. And I think that it's really gonna work, work for a lot of people. When you have people like, you know, the, the, the mentors, you know, Scott and Lisa and, uh, and Rick and, uh, and, and, and other people, uh, Rebecca too, when they're delivering in their communities, when you have local distribution and people like that who care about their, the people that they live near and, you know, their families, their kids go to the same school as their kids, you know, their clients, kids, et cetera. When they deliver these services and it's so localized like that, and then they can have access to, you know, the level of service that you would have at a place like the Northern Trust at a reasonable cost and have that degree of expertise available. Yeah, that's dynamic. That's really, really dynamic. And that's really where that these services need to go. Um, this is this is very, very much like what happened in the mutual fund industry in the 40s and 50s and 60s, where investment management services came out of the private world and became democratized by offering pieces of those uh, investment pools through mutual you know, the slices, you know, in mutual fund purchases, a very similar kind of a thought when you're distributing this type of trust and estate type of uh, service and planning and uh, documentation at the level that you're bringing it to with the ease and expertise of your network. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, as you're saying, cutting edge or, you know, uh, very, very dynamic. So, that's, um, that's what Epic Services is leading into, um, the distribution aspect of this for estate planning, as well as the other pieces that you put in place. Um, so we're really looking forward to all the things you guys are gonna bring to the table over the next few years. Yeah, so, um, so one of the things that you said not too long ago that it really got me like jazzed up because you know you always think, I'm saying I'm generalizing here, you generally, <laughs> you always think your idea is like, the the greatest idea and you know whatever and um but one of the things that you've said is that you've been in that industry that you're in you come from it you've trained it you've taught it and, and what what i shared with you and the vision the overall vision everything you're like that doesn't exist right so so it's hard to compare something when people ask me you know tim's like well what's epic services company and and what's it going to be able to do and all this stuff it's hard to give a comparison because to your, you know, um, description, Matt, whenever I, I share the, the overall vision and the ecosystem that's been created and the client experience and that knowledge for profit that we talk about. Um, and, and you said nothing like this exists. As far as I'm aware, nothing like this exists. Now you saying that means something and that holds water because in the first segment, as the enrichers were listening, you come from that world. 
right? And democratizing and making it available to the masses is what we are ultimately doing. And that's why Epic Services Company is going to be the preeminent estate planning solution ecosystem for advisors and their clients throughout the country. So um, any part of that that you want to you know, touch on, maybe even you, Joanne, as compliance, right? Um, the, the, the inevitable chief compliance officer for Epic Services Company. Uh, anything there that you want to touch on and expand? Well, let me just wait, make one more comment so it's easier for people to understand, okay? Including Tim, including yourself, Carter, potentially from not being from the industry. What happens is that, you know, going back now almost 100 years and going back to the Great Depression in the 20s and early 30s, banking was divided up and you had all these financial services were seg segmented off. And if you think about it yourself, even right today, if you need insurance, where do you go? You probably go to an insurance company. Even the commercials on TV, if you're gonna buy auto insurance, you probably see Geico or one of these other insurance providers out there because they're offering you insurance. If you want brokerage, you go to a broker dealer house. If you want banking, you go to Wells Fargo or you go to whatever bank is around. You don't think about them crossing over and providing the solution set for all of your financial needs. You would rarely go and think about going to a insurance company to provide you banking services. But the thing that you are bringing to the table is you're bringing through Epic services, all of that underneath kind of one umbrella, right? It's because you have your distribution network being Scott and Lisa and whatever, and they have access and expertise to all of this stuff, starting off with the estate plan that somebody would have. Well, their target market are gonna be people who are thinking about one life insurance, that's probably people that are greater than 60 years old, maybe greater than 70 years old, not sure exactly what the target market is, but then in the same breath, they're also gonna be concerned about estate planning. That's a great target to be in. Then you also have the 68 or whatever it is, $75 trillion of assets to be transferred in the next how many every years. So it's a huge pool of assets. And these are mostly captured inside of a handful of companies like the Northern Trust. So, and, and what you're doing is you're bringing this down to having a, a kitchen table conversation between Lisa Camacho and Mr. and Mrs. Smith or whomever that I, she's talking to in order to let them know about how easy this has become because the original design of this is no longer valid. You don't have to go to insurance company for insurance. You don't have to go to a bank for banking services. You don't have to go to a trust company for trust services. You can sit on your computer with Lisa right there next to you, have your estate planning done in 90% in 90 minutes or less. That's the real deal. But remember, 
These people who are 60 years old, they grew up in the old environment. They think most likely that they have to go to a trust company for trust, a brokerage company for brokerage, bank for banking services, et cetera, because they grew up in that environment where these things never got cross-pollinated. And, and yeah, so I think you need a good analogy there, Carter, to talk to these older folks. Cause my dad really wanted to meet with an attorney in person. He's like, I want to see him face to face. You know, yeah. I was like, you can just tell him, well, remember there was a point in time when bread wasn't sliced. Remember when it was really cool when they sliced it? Like, <laughs> like we just kind of put everything together. It's just, you know, maybe we need a little analogy for him. Yeah. That, you know, that's uh, that's, that's probably a good idea. I, I will tell you, that one of the things that I've, I've totally taken this from Matt, um, but what was supposed to happen in 2030 happened in 2020, right? So the demographic we're talking about has been forced to become comfortable accepting, if you will, online in virtual meetings, right? We're, we're doing this podcast right now. Matt and Joanne are in Florida. You're in Portland, Oregon, and I'm in Phoenix, mm -hmm. Arizona, right? And we can do this live right now, right here. We can record it. We can have audio and video and, and the whole deal. And what we are doing this on is a system that's in the cloud. This isn't a download. You don't have to. This is a, a system that's all in the cloud. You guys clicked a couple buttons and then you just showed up in this room, right? Pretty simple. Well, that is, and as far as I'm concerned, and you're right, you know, there will become, there will come a time when that won't be necessary. Because I believe that what we're on the precipice of and what Epic Services Company is really designed to do with the inevitability of the idea that we'll also apply to get our trust power to become a trust company for, for everything that we'll be able to do. Um, and, and that's why we have, sidebar, just real quick, that's why we, we decided to go with nth degree because of the amount of expertise that they have in forming it and building it correctly from the get-go. But my point here is that eventually, this will be the only way you do estate planning, financial planning, all online. We just happen to be well ahead of the game and ahead of the curve with what it is that I've shared, you know, my vision with Matt and Joanne. So do you guys want to talk a little bit more about, about that? You know, the, the overall vision, I guess, from um, and, and and by the way, in Richards, they, they aren't wondering what it was. I just got through saying Matt has an amazing ability to take all of my ramblings, which they can be and <laughs> kind of sort of like, OK, let me go, you know, compute it really fast. And then he comes out with this very, uh, you know, seamless and amazing rendition his own well let me translate what carter's got through saying there so joanne joanne says that matt is the master of the obvious <laughs> that that's her that's her quick uh and, and, you know the ones that where when i do repeat what you just said or if i you know um make it concise right it's basically just repeating what you said in a more concise manner it's it's obvious right and that's it actually as far as I'm concerned, the highest compliment that you can give me is that that's obvious. Okay. And yep. that means that any fool can make things con complex, but it takes a genius to make things simple. That's Einstein. That's Einstein. 
Okay, and so that's what that and that's really how we have to boil this down. The sequence of this, if that's what you're asking about, the migration of Epic services goes from the distribution of these services, right, from the front end of this through mentor mentee network. Then it goes into a migration of uh, getting your trust uh, uh, license to bring that in so that the distribution network has access to more than just estate planning and life insurance. Safe money is what there is their turn. I'm not from the industry, so I'm borrowing their turn. Sure. So if somebody is an enricher is looking at this and they're insurance license only, you know what I'm talking about. And then it winds up where once that Epic Services becomes Epic Trust Company or Epic Services with trust powers, then the insurance license only distributor, the agent, winds up having access to more than just safe money because then the trust company can talk to the client about the at-risk portion of the portfolio, which then makes the agent the trusted advisor. That's the vision. Then it rolls through into from the trust company to outsourced investment management services on the platform, world-class. That's really how this seamlessly flows from Epic Services through Epic Trust Company to the outside investment advisor seamlessly. And the thing that excites me is just knowing that because of what you already have put together the way that you're able to kind of bring in that distribution network and the other partnerships you already have in existence, including trust services. It's almost like it brings wealth management to the masses, right. to people who traditionally thought, you know, I, there's no way I can ever go to, you know, never mind Northern Trust. I can't even go to my local bank's trust department because I'm not rich and I don't have that much money. And I don't want to look stupid and I don't want to look like a hillbilly and I don't want to look like I'm lost and I don't want to look foolish and whatever. So all the, everybody has, you know, kind of not everybody, a lot of people have that assumption that if I don't have a million or two or five or 10, or if I don't have a degree from an accredited university in investments, I can't go and have any conversation with anybody about this. Well, that's how you democratize this. That's what Epic Services is about and how you make this simple and straightforward so that you can help those individuals who do have the need for protecting their family in the future and then setting this stuff up for future generations. So, um, Tim James, I know you are, you know, learning on the fly today mm -hmm. about what's Epic Services Company and, and the whole um, ecosystem and everything. So does that make a little bit more sense? And of course, we're leveraging technology, right? Digital transformation, we're in the digital age, but I think what makes Epic Services Company so dynamic is the relationships and the personalities that are handholding the clients through the entire process. So it's not as if, hey, well, you gotta get on the computer, you gotta learn how to you know, hit this because Mr. and Mrs. Jones, Tim, your parents, they may not be comfortable hitting the keystrokes or whatever. So we literally 
handhold them from beginning to end, and we help support them in perpetuity even after it's all said and done. But we allow them the level of control that they would hope to be able to have. So you have heard me say this time and time and time again. Three things better than anybody else. Elevate the client experience for the for the advisors that bring the clients in, the trusted advisor, the trusted advisor, create professional contrast, what makes them different in their communities, right? And then number three, to your point, Matt, is you competitor proof those ideal clients because of them setting up these estate plans for their families for generations to come. So that's what we've really built here. An entire, you know, soup to nuts, A to Z, you know, uh, systematic client acquisition and client relationship and retention model. I really like it because it really caters to the working class individuals. Very, very important. And they're the ones that are getting hammered right now. Small business owners, entrepreneurs, working class people, working class. We've been getting hammered since the 1970s, actually. We know that. Um, I don't know if we, we, we talked much about that on this podcast, but um, just to, just to get back while it's so I, it's almost like this Epic's Epic uh, services company is it's not just for, you know, people with, you know, what be considered ultra wealthy. It's for, it's for working class and, and above. And I think that's really important because of the, you know, the working class has literally been robbed for 50 years, you know, and we've done the analysis on it over here at the truth, freedom and health movement, got my new hat on today. And um, we equate that the GDP growth since the our politicians um, created labor unions and took over the working class movement, that $47 trillion of our hard-earned income has went upriver to the elites. That's that's about, to give you an example for people listening today, if you're making $50,000 a year, you should be making $120,000 a year. So where'd the 70 go? It's went upriver. So what what, what we're doing here is besides, you know, starting a movement to get that back, which is what we need to do and what we are doing. Let's take what we do have and protect it, make sure we're not paying too much in taxes on it and be able to pass it tax-free as possible to the next generation, to the next, to the next, and build our own intergenerational wealth. That being said, I really like the interconnections at Epic Services Company with the, with the advisors, where you're actually training the advisors so that they can then train the client. And the interconnections at Epic Services between other organizations like Nth Degree Financial, where you're just kind of bringing everything in into one place and organizing it and making it have a flow so that the end consumer can just kind of flow right in and get everything they need handled all in one spot and and do it in a, in a, in a, in a good in a good way. And then for the for the advisor, again, we spoke about that. I know when I was a financial advisor, it was if you had one piece of business, there was a, you know, chance that higher percentage of chance that you lose the client. If you had two pieces of business that dropped, if you had three pieces of business, it was like almost guaranteed that they weren't going to go anywhere. And you're bringing a lot of that stuff, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, money under management, your safe money concepts, um, uh, you know, personal uh, PNC insurance, house and auto insurance, um, CPAs, trusts, you know, whatever that might be, you start, if you're, advisors that you're training can keep multiple stuff together for these people and save them money, make them more money, then they're never going to leave and they're going to tell their kids to stick with you. So that's really good for advisors. 
Yeah, well, and I know we're coming up on a on a break, but mm-hmm. uh, to that to that point, Tim, this is part of, and, and obviously CSI Financial Group is going to be utilizing the services of Epic Services Company, and we've already shown proof of concept, if you will, which is why you know Matt and Joanne, when I showed them everything that it was that we were doing, they were like, you know what, maybe this is, this is different, this is unique, this is something I want to be a part of. It's not you know just the regular you know, hey, I'm talking to Matt and Joanne because I'm just going to be another trust department. Nowhere close to that. So the um, the, the thing about what is, what's important that you were just talking and alluding to, Tim, is that we have, um, or what I, what I tell my advisors, client acquisition is where it all begins and ends. You guys hear me say that all the time. It's all about client acquisition, no matter what it is that you do, what it is it you sell, you produce, or or whatever. It all begins and ends with client acquisition, right? So if if that's if that's the case, well, what what this does and what I forewarn our advisors on, careful what you wish for. Because if you do this properly, these clients are yours in perpetuity. So you might want to become a little bit more selective on the types of advisors or I'm sorry, clients that you want to work with. And you may not be a good fit for everybody, but a lot of our advisors have have grown, you know, so used to just getting what I call their pound of flesh that when they find out about our entire system, they're, you know, they're, they're like, oh, I'll take anybody. I don't care. I'm just trying to get my pound of flesh. Whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes a little bit because this system is a way that you are retaining these clients, not only retaining these clients, but the next generation you're going to retain because of everything that we're doing. So that's why I forewarn them. Careful what you wish for. Well, is there anything else before we go to break that you wanted to bring up Carter? Um, no, no, you know, I, I think that's everything on my end. I, I think what I definitely want to uh, reinforce is the support that not only the clients are going to get, but also the advisors are going to get in this systematic way of estate planning services and financial planning services on the back end. So uh, Matt and Joanne, do you have anything else you want to, you know, mention before we go to break? Nope. I think we covered everything pretty well. So yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the model is, uh, is really, uh, it's, it's visionary and it's, uh, it's needed. And it's uh, like Tim was just saying, that yeah, there has to be a way to protect individuals, and they can do this. The earlier in their life that they do this, the the more protected that they are. So it's it's not just you can you can have an estate plan if you're 20, right? So you can start that at that time and holding assets and the right registration and and starting to formulate the plans from that time will be tax advantaged and all those kind of things. So uh, having somebody in your corner that understands this and can look out into the future like the mentors and like the advisors that you have, that's just helpful throughout your whole entire life. So the earlier that it's done, the better off that you are. And um, hopefully that as more people start to use the tools and become the, you know, the, the younger that you are, of course, they're going to be a lot more comfortable with the electronics and the, in the, in not having to see the, the lawyer's eyeballs, uh, you know, as uh, Tim was just saying, right? So it's uh, as this uh, moves on over the next few years, I think that there's going to be a lot more uh, people that are going to take advantage of this. So, I think it's a. I think I'm seeing a 
a good marketing opportunity here, but at the same time, a way to really help people because, you know, my brother died in his thirties of a mountain biking accident. So we don't really get to choose when we get to take our last breath. Some, you know, sometimes most of the time, and it can happen at any time. So this might be something where once you get people through this, maybe some advertising and marketing Carter would be, you know, purchase one of these for your, you know, for your 20 year old, you know, get them set up ahead of time for the tax advantages and bold point. This is boom, did a boom, did a boom, did a boom, did a boom. And as they add, you know, a spouse and children and other assets, they can just go click, click, click. And if somebody's crazy, they can not, you know, take them off of being the executor, put somebody else, you know, with, with the, you know, log in, click, click, log out real, real fast. I just think it's smart to train people that we should have this while we're young. Same thing. It's like we're dealing this with the health stuff, which we're going to get into the next segment. But so many people, our parents didn't know about health. Other, their grandparents didn't know about it. And this is these, this generational um, learning deficiency is showing up with poor health. And it's also showing up in poor finance. I think like 70% of Americans average saving is $400. That's ridiculous. And that needs to change. So it's got to change early on. And um, I think companies like this are going to help out with that. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, until next, no, just kidding. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then we get to come back to the exciting part uh, for me, which is you, uh, we're going to let Matt and Joanne um, just ask me any question on health. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently we're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Welcome back in Richards. Tim James here with my co-host Carter Wilcoxon. Again, today in the house, we've got Matt and Joanne Eby. And guys, uh, it's been um, really interesting learning about um, what you do. And I really like it that you take everything, you know, serious in what you're doing. You're, you're truly professionals. You guys are, um, have definitely put your time in. And there's just a lack of excellence today, I think, in a lot of industries and businesses. And I really appreciate that you guys have brought excellence into your industry. And that's really going to trickle down to the end client. So thanks for that. Um, but now we get to have some fun. So this is the health and wealth podcast. Now we're going to do the health components. So you guys can just ask me any question about your own health, somebody else's health, hypothetical health, public health, whatever you want. Go ahead. <laughs> that's pretty broad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it could be something like, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to gain 10 pounds. Um, you know, I, my eyesight, you know, I'd like to get that back or, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe my, my back's been hurting, you know, or maybe it could be like, what about COVID? What about vaccines? What about, you know, any any question you might have about anything health related for this? So Joanne, Joanne and I, uh, we walk regularly and we, we came out of uh, the Western states, which had a lot of uh, ups and downs in the mountains and, uh, Whatever. Now we're in Florida and it's really flat. Mm. 
So what, what I'm getting is I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, stress on joints, uh, especially hips, and Joanne is getting some of this as well. And so ones where it's fairly uncomfortable as far as, um, you know, sleeping sometimes, et cetera. And I definitely notice it, that it is related to distance and sometimes, uh, sometimes gait, sometimes um, um, speed, I suppose. Uh, but it, it, you know, it, it, so any guidance on that um, as far as, uh, you know, it, I did not experience this when I was at longer distances in mountainous terrain when I was going up and down. But when I'm in this flat surfaces here, it seems to be a lot more problematic. And we do like daily kind of a four mile loop. And okay. it's a pancake and it is kind of paid. We do have really good footwear. We, we did learn that over the years. Um, thank you to REI for great hiking boots. But I, for me personally, I do find that I have to walk on the grass and then on the shell path just to try and get, you know, different levels but it it's definitely different and what what was the client you were at more of a mountainous train where were you at before and we were in las vegas mainly but we were going out to red rock canyon and you know okay uh, mount, Char mount charleston etc so yeah it was much more mountainous in the western area and even when we were in the appalachians we were doing uh you know segments on the uh, on the AT, uh, you know, et cetera, that it was, uh, because it was hilly, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we, I, at least I didn't experience it. Plus I was younger, I suppose, but we've been here, we got COVID in here basically and like 18 months so far, but there's been, seemed to be a lot more stress on my hips and, uh, and joints and my lower body. And I even noticed we were recently in Greece for a family wedding. And one place we were staying, it was kind of in a village. So every day we would kind of go you know, up the hill behind and walk. And I'm like, this is great. I'm loving the hill work and my hips are not sore. So, you know, it, it just seems that's one of the things that is discouraging for us in Florida, how flat it is. Okay. Well, um, I know what that's like because I've been on walks and bicycle rides in Florida and I'm over here in the mountains too in Oregon. So. Um, the first thing I was thinking was, where are you from? Because I thought maybe you moved to a humid client, climate and you weren't drinking enough water because water is the lubricant of life. So making sure that you're having adequate amounts of water is something to take a peek at. Number one, it's basic, it's foundational. Um, or as Matt would say, it's like it's just pointing out the obvious, basically, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that one's really number one. And kind of a rule of thumb is half your body weight in liquid ounces daily. So if you're 200 pounds individual, that would be 100 ounces a day. If you're 100 pounds, it's 50 ounces. And but if you're in a hot climate, then you might need to bump that up a little bit. This would be, you know, purified water. Um, we're also looking at. Um, are you guys on city tap water? Um. Well, yes, we we are on city tap water, but we mostly drink bottled water because it, the, you know, it, it's a little bit phosphorus down. It, you know, there's a lot of phosphor in the water in Florida. Okay, so you want to check your bottled water sources. So, you know, Carter and I, we talk about water is a big deal for me. So, number one is never drink anything out of plastic. Uh, plastic, even if it says BPA free, then they have BPS, BPB, BPD. They have 36 other ones that are just have just as many problems. And so, um, these are estrogen mimickers that disrupt our hormones. And, um, you know, they just it causes a lot of problems, right? They throw off the communication in the body. So we'd want to drink out of glass. Um, a lot of these 
places that are making the water are just using city tap water anyway. And the problem I asked the city tap water is because the high pressure pipings basically make the water molecules very large. And instead of like a four to five cluster, they're 20 to 25 cluster. They don't really go through the intestinal lining that well. So even though you might be drinking a lot, you're just going to be going through you and peeing it out, right? So you really need to absorb it and get it into the bloodstream so that it can then get into the cell and then be used and transported whatever you need to use it for the brain. Um, you need it for the lymphatic system, the garbage removal system in the body, whatever, or the joints, right, for lubrication. So really pay attention to the quality of your water. Um, we suggest people get like good purification systems and then put behind it a really good um, uh, re restructuring device, okay, like I did. This is probably the biggest and one of the biggest investments that we share with people to do. But the water thing's such a big deal because your body's mostly made of water, right? So we want to get high quality, um, pure, clean water in your body that's highly absorbable. That'd be number one. Number two on your hips um, uh, and joints and stuff like that is um, that's just inflammation, right? And there's quite a few things you can do for inflammation, water being one of the best things. Um, you guys are obviously getting outside. That's good. Um there's uh we actually have a product called turmeric 100 and it's a major breakthrough in anti-inflammatory properties it doesn't go through the digestive tract in fact i think I yeah i have some right here we just squirt this i was trail running once a week and i couldn't do it more than that because my hips and my knees would hurt and i started squirting this stuff in and then now i could trail run twice a week so it knocked the, the inflammation back about 50 percent now beyond that um there is uh, these infrared saunas. You guys can get one for $1,300 and hop in that. And it is like amazing for inflammation. So I, when I got the sauna and I did the turmeric, and I will say I also started doing these magnesium foot soaks, I can run every day now. Like I have no knee inflammation at all. That really knocked it out for me. So the saunas are at... Um, thehealthysauna.com. There's a $1,900 unit and a $1,300 unit after the $100 discount. Um, if you want more information on the water, you can go to mypurifiedwater.com and book a free consult with Danusha. She's like kind of my water gal on the team. And then um, uh, for hip issues, um, we've actually seen a lot of people do really well with um, uh, two things. Um, number one is called yin yoga. You can look up yin yoga stretching. These are three to 10 minute stretching postures where you're, you'll do certain stretches um, and you don't want it to be painful, but right on the edge of discomfort. And the reason why we go past um, uh, the, the 92nd mark and we work into the three minute to 10 minute mark is because the fascia in your body, as we age, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And it's actually our largest organ, not the skin, as most people think. And it's kind of like taffy. And if you pull on taffy really fast, you're going to snap it, right? It's where we get injuries and stuff like that. But if you pull on taffy really slowly, but with gentle pressure, it'll slowly open up. So after 90 seconds, that fascia starts to open up. The first 90 seconds is just getting it, warming it up to the point of movement. So after 90 seconds, that's why I want you to go to at least three minutes. So you're getting another 90 seconds at least of opening up that fascia. And there's different hip opening exercises that you can do in yin yoga. It's free. All you gotta do is just like, you guys can do this in the mornings and in, in the evenings, just sit there and talk or whatever and be doing it while you're talking and sharing and uh, connecting. Um, and the other thing is actually cycling, um, having a little cycle. Um, cycling, I've, I've seen that do wonders for people's, uh, um, for hip issues. 
Um, and then the last thing I would say is two other things. One's called a spunk mat, S-P-O-O-N-K, and you can get those at spunkspace.com. In fact, hold on. I got one right here. I'll pull it up so you guys can see it. This is an acupressure mat. If you can turn that to this, you see those little pokey things on the side? Yeah. Uh -huh. For lower back pain, unreal. And anything, you could put this on your face for a facial. You could you can stand on it, massage your feet. Just be careful. It's in the beginning, it scares you because it's really pokey. Now I'm a lot more confident with it. You can put it on your hands. It just helps stimulate meridian points and. Um, I also travel with it. So when I go on long trips, because um, I had my neck was kind of jacked up, I actually took my shirt off completely, had this behind me while I was traveling. When, when you know when you get out of the car and you're normally stiff? Mm, not stiff, like just, it's amazing. And you can lay on these things for 10 to 30 minutes, once or twice a day when you have issues, put them on each side of your hip. They're phenomenal. And then the other thing we can do to reduce inflammation that's passive is... Um, grounding or earthing are you guys familiar with that no basically it's just making contact with mother earth okay so the earth puts off a frequency that's when you pulled up the you know the uh the you know your um i'm losing my train of thought here compass you pull up your compass and it, whoop, the needle moves north right well there's a there's a field there there's energetics coming off of the earth but you can't see them as soon as you break free from your bare feet then inflammation begins Right. So it's a contributing factor because we're not plugged into our natural um, battery pack, basically. So there's companies out there like earthing.com where you can buy um, if you guys can see this, but um, I'll show you. This is on my desk right here. Right. And it's it's plugged in. It's plugged in down there. I can't get my camera on the corner, but it's plugged into the third prong in the electrical socket. That is the ground. And for every commercial building and, and residence. There's an iron rod driven into the ground. That's the third ground to ground that grounds the whole electrical grid. It's not the electrical part. It's the ground. And that ground is bringing in that same frequency that we need. So these companies have developed these conductive mats and pads and sheets and stuff like that with silver threads in them. You can put on your bed and you can sleep on them. And you can be grounding or earthing all night while you're sleeping. And like with me, I'm, I'm working, I'm touching, I'm in contact with it, right? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to create an environment that is basically as close to nature as possible in our in the modern world so we can still get the benefits of nature uh and and you know and do things like reduce that inflammation and they have documentaries out on a couple of them on earthing and you'll watch them and you'll be shocked there was a guy who was a, from national geographic that he had just tremendous tremendous pain in his body back pain and he was up in alaska eight foot of snow he was in so much pain he was up at 2 30 in the middle of the night just looking on the internet looking spending hours trying to find something and he came across this earthing grounding stuff in the beginning. He's like, ah, it's woo woo, you know, and, but he was so much pain. He came back to me. He's like, I'll, I'll just try anything. He literally went outside in the snow, dug a hole, got underneath his cabin in 20 below weather and scratched the dirt open and then laid on the dirt for maybe 20 minutes to half an hour. He said, that's all I could do. Cause I had no clothes on. Um, and he came back inside and that, and he actually was able to get a little bit of sleep from the pain. So the next night he does it again. And he gets down there, he freezes his butt off, but he comes back. And this is the first time he didn't like, chew, he had like a mouthpiece. He didn't chew it up or something. And um, so then he was smart and he ran some leads outside and ran them through the window and then put a tape on his bottom of his foot and grounded himself. And then he started healing and he contacted one of these companies and had them send the kits and he started putting them on people. And, and it's a great little wonderful story about how he put them on all over these people on this little 
this little community up in Alaska and everybody's a benefit, benefit, benefit. One old lady, she's like, she gave it back to him and she said, what are you giving it back to me? I thought you said it was helping. She goes, it is because she goes, I'm on social security disability. And if I feel too good, I'm afraid they're going to take away my benefits. (laughs) (laughs) So it pretty much worked for everybody. So, and the reason why is because we are part of the ecosystem and our bodies are designed to be in contact with it. And when you, run around on rubber soled shoes and you're on you're driving cars around with rubber soled tires and you're on the first second floor and we're not in contact with mother earth anymore like we should be so hopefully those things will help you guys out a lot um you can take one two three or stack a few together and try them out and just keep adding them in until you get to the point where you're feeling like you're 19 again one of the things we do occasionally is you know we go to the beach near here and we walk on bare feet and I know I always feel really good. Like the next day, it's like yeah, we had a great sleep. And, you know, it's just I always assumed it was because we were able to walk on different bit of terrain. But I'm wondering if, you know, it's also just, you know. Well, there's many, there's many things out there. Number one, you're enjoying yourself in nature. Number two, the beach offers one of the most highest contents of um, uh, um, what's that? No, we were, we, were a pro- we were having a problem down here with uh, called Red Tide, and there's a lot of dead fish. Anyway, oh, yeah. dead fish! Yeah, you get a lot of dead. <laughs> that wasn't fish. a good day at the beach, but yeah. Yeah. So, well, there's there's these there's these things that the at the in the forest and um they're they're negatively charged ions that are created in the forest, and the beach is the most it creates the most of them, right? So you have those. You're grounding, especially because the sand is wet, so it's a it's a super conductor in the water. And then you have the salt water that's there too as well. And um, there's just so many good things, but you're all, you know, the grounding's a big vital part of that. Um, there's also maybe some reflexology stuff going on too with your feet when you're walking on sand. So going barefoot is like so important. Um, it's just hard for somebody like Carter. I mean, how are you going to go barefoot when it's 117 out? <laughs> you know, it's well, like in Phoenix, it's hot at 6 a.m. You know, it's a crazy. Well, but, I, mean, I can, I can go to the golf course here. I can, I can, practice my putting you know on the greens you know and it's not that hot but yeah so joanne i would really highly suggest that you guys get the, the grounding and earthing mats are very passive i mean they're, they're not very expensive i mean their products are anywhere from 30 to 300 dollars, i think and once you buy them you're pretty much they last a long long time yeah i was taking notes as you were talking so <laughs> I everything down. it's what i do carter knows that mm, yes yeah. do you guys have any other questions for me no it's pretty helpful thank you Okay, you're welcome. All right. Well, yeah. Carter. Yeah. So, um, hey, Enrichers, I really want to thank you for joining us for this uh, very meaningful and important episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast Show. You know, uh, Matt and Joanne have both become uh, priceless uh, add-ons of of our team, and uh, their knowledge and understanding in in a in an area that, you know, that's why we talk about democratizing it, right? Making it available to the working class men and women of America. So I really am thankful that they were able to join us today. You know, it, it did take us into the 20s to finally get them in here on the podcast. You know, they're they're extremely busy helping Epic Services Company, you know, become what they're becoming. Um, but it has been an absolute treat as I knew that it would be. I was anticipating this all day. Uh, I was telling my better half, Christina, I'm like, I'm going to have Matt and Joanne on the podcast tonight. I can't wait to be able to have them in here. And uh, 
maybe Tim might even be able to get Matt to crack a smile. But we almost did, I think. <laughs> like well, I said, I'm we'll just have the editing the team turn him upside down, then we'll be a smile. No, I'm smiling on the inside. It's the mustache. Oh, that's right. It's we talked about this. It's, the mustache winds up where it just is it's just looking that way. So. He has a great smile. Come on, yeah. man. Crack yeah. a smile. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We did it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and Richards, thank you again for joining us for another episode of the health and wealth podcast show make sure to like share and subscribe on everywhere wherever you get your podcast apple podcast spotify google uh and make sure and check out all of our previous podcasts on the health and wealth podcast show.com for my esteemed co-host mr tim james of chemical free body um and our wonderful guest matt and joanne Eby of Nth Degree Consulting and Financial Solutions. I am Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and founder and co-founder of Epic Services Company. Thanking you all very much for joining us today. Have a great time. Um, have a great rest of your day. And until next time, have a wonderful and abundant life. Thank you all for joining us today. Hey, Enrichers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James, and by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies, so tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim. Carter and Tim.